Welcome to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation Podcast. In this episode, we answer our students' questions and share information about yoga therapy and meditation with the intention of creating a new paradigm in wellness. Today's episode is a recording taken directly from a live Q&A session with Breathing Deeply founder Brant Pasalakwa and students of our Yoga Therapy Foundations program. Our first question is, how important is it to format a yoga therapy sequence with moving, breathing, stretching, and strengthening in a prescribed order? So in general, you're working in that format. So what you would want to do is like, you probably are going to need to strengthen multiple things in a person, maybe. So it's like you do, in general, moving and breathing stuff, and then all together, and then strengthening stuff. I mean, there's lots of exceptions to this rule, but the general idea is you're kind of moving. It's like a four-part symp- uh, symphony, because because you wouldn't want to stretch. Let's say you strengthen their hamstring, and then you stretch it. And then you go to strengthen something else. And now they're on that weakened hamstring. (laughs) It temporarily weakens muscles to stretch them. So there's lots of ways you can do things. But if you're doing something like pigeon, where you're stretching a whole bunch of muscles right in the hip, then you should be, there's always exceptions done with your standing poses, for instance. Yeah. Because... You don't want to put something on someone on those weakened muscles and ask them to do something with them. It's not that it's impossible. It's just that generally that's not how you want to work. Now with the moving and breathing, it's a, it's a little more malleable because you might move and breathe and then hold a pose, right? So you're accomplishing two things. You're warming things up and then you're holding the pose. So you might do moving and breathing, hold warrior one, moving and breathing, hold warrior two, moving and breathing, hold solid muscle, whatever. So in that way, you would go between them, but you wouldn't really be looking at the stretches till you were done with all that. Should yin-style stretches come before standing and vinyasa-style sequences as a rule? That's kind of true in a hot yoga kind of way. Okay. Where you see a lot of injuries and like Baptiste kind of styles, power yoga, power vinyasas, where people are get really warm and really open and then they do really big kind of stretching poses for a better word uh range of motions you know um but i would sort of disagree with that because i think a better way to think about it is you shouldn't be putting yourself into like joint ranges of motions that aren't good for you ever so you could argue that it's because you're being taught wrong. So if you just tell someone to twist as far as they can and you're really, really warm, that could be dangerous, but that's not how it should go. So um, in specific, because you're holding poses a really long time, I do get the logic where you wouldn't want to get super, 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 super hot and then do that. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't warm up before you do that. Like that, those aren't the same thing. It, it's it's nitpicky because bodies are really different and it really depends. You know, the way you're, there's two ways you're most likely gonna get hurt by holding like a pose like that a long time. One way is that you're cold 
and you put yourself into it and you tear muscle tissue because you were cold. And the other way is that you're really warm and you were really flexible to start out with and you're hanging off your ligaments, which yeah, you shouldn't okay. be doing ever. So yeah. that's like, that's why, you know, I mean, the only time I ever, like, I mean, I tore my hamstring during that years ago with a really well-known teacher. Yeah. Who decided to warm me up and then put me in a really big pose. And I can still feel that injury, you know? Yeah. Um, so I learned that that way. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not uncommon, you know? I mean, as a yoga therapist, like I've just had a lot of people come in from yoga injuries. And I, I could argue that that yin is that type of stuff is is pretty complicated in terms of different people needing different things and that to teach yin you'd have to have your eye on all your students and really know what you're doing so that's you know for every 100 yoga teachers that's probably 20 of them right so there's that too so maybe you make rules to sort of protect people because you sort of know that the teacher isn't going to really do it yeah, I don't know that there's like a super role, but you always need to warm up joint. You always need to get yeah. fluid and blood and things in a joint before you do stuff to it. In this next segment, Brant discusses keeping yoga therapy practices and warm up simple. So yeah, it, it's it's definitely not any more complicated. Don't make it more complicated than it is. And I, I say that with like a lot of emphasis because um, I've been doing this a while and I just get clients all the time where people have made it too complicated and they don't get better. And then you do really simple stuff and they get better. So if you're clear on what needs to be done, um, and I think the biggest pitfall yoga therapists have, and I think this is because they're yoga teachers and a lot of us yoga teachers are artistic types anyway, right? So we like to be creative and there is room for that, but usually not in a sequence for like strengthening the hamstring. Like it is not a creative endeavor. It should be boring. And, you know, your attention should be on how well you can communicate what they do and how much you can pay attention and how you can lay it out for them so that it's easy for them and doable and all those things. But you should not be having tons of fun if you're having tons of fun, you've, you've probably done something wrong. I'm not saying it's not, it's awful or anything. I'm just saying it should just be like, oh, another day at the office, strengthening hamstrings, la da 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 da. You know, you don't, you don't want to be like, how interesting can I make this sequence? Um, that's not the point. So people are like in pain or whatever, and you're trying to get them out as quickly as possible. So that's your job. Um, the interesting stuff usually comes after that because after they fix their hamstring, they're like, and I have chronic migraines and all this trauma and this huge story I didn't share with you. But now you fix my hamstring, I figure I'll, I'll give that to you. So, you know, that's where it might get more interesting, I guess, if you're looking at it from that perspective. So on your homework, your homework should not be interesting. Most of it gets sent back because there's too many, too many asanas, too much, um, we get a lot of homeworks that have like, oh, why'd you do this? And they say, it's a transition pose. I'm like, there's no such thing in yoga therapy. We don't have transition poses. 
you know, you have what you're doing. Why, why are you doing this? They're like, no reason. But because it's like a yoga class, right? Because it takes up another eight minutes of my 90 minute yoga class. How can I guide clients to do static stretches safely and effectively? It'd be hard, but like your first step is like, I want you to feel it here, you know, wherever the belly of the muscle is, if you can. So sometimes they, sometimes like you're saying, someone just can't feel it there. So you have to kind of retranslate that into, um, you have to communicate to them that you don't want to have any kind of intense pulling sen sensations on the attachments or the origins, mm -hmm. right? So, so that's like the sort of second level. Usually after someone practices a while, they'll be able to feel it. Sometimes if you say, um, okay, so you feel it down by your knee, do you also feel it like in the middle of your thigh? People will be like, oh yeah, I do. I actually do feel it there. So some of it's like a perception thing. Um, so sometimes I'll adjust my language. Um, sometimes if they just can't, sometimes I'll back them off and then say, do you feel still feel a stretch? Like I'll say that in specifically and they'll say yes. And then I know that they're more in the belly of the muscle because now they're not feeling it at the attachment, um, but they still feel a stretch. So they weren't able to somehow communicate that before because it was too intense. Um, so those are the things that usually come up. Um, and if it's really not going well, I usually have them move and breathe more. I usually don't have them hold it until they can kind of get one of those things. You know, because like you said, if they're really stiff, then like lots and lots of moving and breathing is gonna be great for them usually. Um, that's what I found. So that's what I sort of back down to if I tried to get them old static stretches. If you do enough dynamic stretching, the muscle will change over time. It will change. It's just that it's not as fast that way. Okay. So mm -hmm. you don't have to be, I mean, nothing's set in stone in terms of this stuff. You have to really work with the person, right? So the reason we give you that kind of system, it's like, well, do a bunch of moving and breathing, see what happens. <laughs> you know? Yes. Mm -hmm. then straighten some stuff, see what happens, and then like go for your static stretches. So the static stretches are like the last thing on the list um, that you try, you know? So sometimes you give them a sequence and there is no static stretching. A lot of the time, a lot of the time I do that. Just lots of moving and breathing, you know? And then after say six weeks, now they're moving better. And then you go back to what was your original plan. Okay. So, you know, it's hard not it's it's hard not to rush but it's it's hard it's hard to kind of remember that everything takes a lot of time so you you know it's like you want everything to happen quickly but really four or six weeks of someone doing a small moving and breathing practice isn't really that long you know like they do it three times a week for five weeks so they've done it 15 times it's not like they've done a million times and then they come back and their body's slightly different and then you have more options should we do joint warm-ups in a prescribed order? And you can skip things. I mean, that just shows you all the stuff, but it's not like some yeah. sacred geometry sequence that will, you know, <laughs> it can still work in different orders. I like doing the wrist stuff first too, because you're not sort of extending your legs and all that. Like you're, it's kind of easier to start there because they're smaller movements. Um, mm -hmm. I mean, there's different logics to it, like, 
bottom up, like starting with your feet, sort of thinking in that way, it makes it easier to remember what to do and stuff like that. So I wouldn't like just randomly hop around too much because that could be confusing, but no, you can do it any way you like. That is a place you could get creative. <laughs> cool, yeah. yeah, feel free. There's not, there's not many things that are written in stone. Um, in yoga therapy, you know, the, the main thing is that you can justify why you're doing it. Like you have a really good reason. And I mean, the thing I see in students often is that sometimes they don't have reasons. And that's obviously a little bit of a concern as a teacher. You're like, oh, you shouldn't do anything you don't have a reason for doing. Um, but if you're pretty solid in your reasoning, it's always fine. Um, and then you'll see, you know, after you take these courses and you learn from other people, they'll have a completely different reasoning set. And that's like kind of fine too, as long as you know, you know as long as you're making choices, <laughs> intelligent choices, yeah. as long as it's not because I like it or right. I just had a sense it was a good idea. Things like that don't really apply for me, but, um, but yeah, as long as you have some sort of logic to it. Thanks for listening to the Breathing Deeply Yoga Therapy and Meditation podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing, leaving a positive review, and sharing it with friends. For more information about our yoga therapy and meditation trainings and programs, visit breathingdeeply.com.